Kapuna Wiki was previously recorded. Welcome to Kapuna Wiki, Hawaii's senior resource, the radio show that helps you find answers on important topics like finances, senior housing, estate planning, real estate, health, and much more. Now let's join Kapuna Wiki hosts, Brandon Lau and Andrew Leon. Aloha and welcome to the Kapuna Wiki radio show. This month we are talking about estate planning and in studio we have Eric Young, attorney at law. Kapuna Wiki is Hawaii's senior resource. We talk to the best local professionals in the state regarding topics such as real estate, senior housing, estate planning, finance, and health, so our Kapuna families can find the best resources in the midst of a life transition. We strive to make sure our seniors are informed and supported every step of the way. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Brandon Lau. And I'm Andrew Leong. Your host for the Kapuna Wiki Radio Show. If you missed any of the shows on air, the Kapuna Wiki Radio Show is available as a podcast and can be found on Spotify, Apple, and Podbean for your listening pleasure. Our title sponsor for today is Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors, providing you with the best real estate information so you can make the most informed decisions. As they like to say, real estate is about choice. To contact them, call 808-753-9033. And now we have our Real Estate Tip of the Week brought to you by Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors. Selling a home? Are you trying to time the real estate market in hopes of higher returns? Don't wait to sell your home. Mortgage rates are still low when you consider other times in history. Any rise in mortgage rates weakens the pool of buyers and lessens buyer demands. Weaker buying demands can slow a rise in home selling prices. Don't suffer from the shoulda, coulda, woulda, if only syndrome when looking back having missed home selling price appreciation. For more information on reasons to sell your home, contact Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors at 808-753-9033. Again, today we have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Young, attorney at law. Welcome, Eric. Thank you for having me. Eric, uh, you are a practicing attorney in estate planning, but you're also a current professor as, as well, right, at the university? Well, they call us lecturers. Oh, lecturer. Okay. <laughs> I'll call you professor. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but that just shows, you know, you, you, you know your craft. You've been around for a while. You're very experienced. And maybe you can share with us a little bit of your background. Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to uh, attend a Pernod school and then did my uh, undergraduate at Harvard and then uh, came back to Hawaii and attended uh, Richardson School of Law. That's great. And you've been practicing for how many years? Going on 30. Going wow, on 30 congratulations. Years. Oh, thank you. Retirement's around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not likely. <laughs> so, so why did you choose estate planning versus the other areas you could have specialized in? Uh, it was very interesting. It was not on my radar, mm-hmm. um, but um, when I started working at a large law firm, the partners in estate planning were looking for an associate, oh, okay. and then they approached me at, the, at a Christmas party and asked mm-hmm. if I'd be interested, and um, I asked if they had approached any of the other summer associates, and they said, no, you're the first one, <laughs> okay. and I said, uh, uh, well, let me think about it. And I thought about it over the weekend. I, I really like these two partners, so I, I decided to get into estate planning. Well, I mean, they obviously thought of you for a reason, right? <laughs> so that's that's great. Uh, so your practice, you deal with estate planning, and and what other things do you do within your uh, your your practice? Well, you know, the practice has changed over time. Mm-hmm. So I started doing uh, exclusively estate planning, and then you know your straightforward probate and trust kind of administration after your client passes away, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, over the last 15 or 20 years, mm-hmm. 
um, I've done more and more litigation in the area of probate and trust law. I'm not sure why that is, but there just seems to be more disputes mm. uh, and more dispute work out there. Right. Uh, maybe it's because more people are, I mean, they're aging, obviously. Boomers are in that point where there's a lot more transfer of assets and wealth. Yes. And uh, trusts are becoming a lot more well-known these days. That's absolutely right? true. Yeah. Yes. Um, y you know, I, I don't know if, 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 um, if I'm correct, mm -hmm. but it seems to me that a lot of the calls that I receive in the dispute area are after mom and dad have passed away. Mm. And oftentimes there's a dispute over what's going to happen with their most um, valuable asset, which is the home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you might have a sibling living in the home. These days you might have other siblings living on the mainland. Right. And there's a dispute as to what's going to happen to mom and dad's home, especially if the child who lives in the home you know, just simply can't afford to buy out the other siblings at fair market value. Yeah, it's a very common scenario when the median price is like over a million dollars. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So in that case, you, you get a call, and maybe it's not, um, they're not distraught or they're not in an argument yet, but they're just concerned. Yes. Right? So yes. how do you then proceed to, you know, unpack that for the family? You know, I think that the the best thing to do is, even though I'm usually approached by the the child who is the designated uh, trustee, successor trustee of the revoke of the parents trust, mm -hmm. or maybe we're in a probate estate and the, we're approached by the child who's the personal representative. Mm -hmm. um, I always encourage the family to try to resolve disputes out of court. Mm. So, you know, I welcome having a family meeting where although I make it clear who I represent, you know, for example, if I represent the trustee or I represent the personal representative, mm -hmm. the, um, the trustee has fiduciary duties to their other siblings, including mm -hmm. the sibling who's living in the house that may, may not want the house to be sold, right? Mm -hmm. So we try to be as honest, fair, and transparent as, as possible mm -hmm. regarding you know, what does the will say? What does the trust say? Mm -hmm. And then what implications does that have with respect to what needs to be done with the house in order to honor mom and dad's intention? Mm -hmm. If mom and dad left everything in equal shares to the kids, then we try to explain that that's what we need to do in terms of honoring mom and dad's intentions. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, when they go through this process, because they're family, they don't normally think of hiring two representatives, one for this side and one for that side. That's right? So absolutely I, right. I think it's good that you kind of play that role, even though you make yourself clear in representation, you know, try to bring them together. That's absolutely, you know, right. it's critically important, especially right. from the beginning. Sometimes siblings, you know, don't always have the best relationship as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that parent is the glue. And when that that parent passes away, you know, then some of these historic kind of uh, animosities kind of manifest themselves <laughs> and it has nothing to do with mom's will, which says give everything to my kids in equal shares, right? right? So we try to advise the families to try to take emotion out of the equation mm. and uh, just look at the objective facts. You know, if mom left her estate in equal shares to three children, she's obviously trying to be fair. Um, with each child, mm -hmm. and then we just look and see, you know, if a child wants to acquire the property, can we do it in a fair way? Mm -hmm. Maybe we get an appraisal. 
and try to find out what the current fair market value of the property is mm -hmm. and then see if, if we can talk our way through to a fair disposition. Right. At what point do you think it comes to a situation where, okay, it, you're not making headway, the other party does want to seek their own representative? When does that happen usually? It, it happens um, if, you know, unfortunately one of two things happens. Either the child that, you know, wants to continue to reside on the property, um, objects to any liquidation of the property, and uh, doesn't have the ability to go out and get financing to acquire the other interests. Mm -hmm. Just says, uh, you know, I'm not going to cooperate. So then that leaves the the other sibling who's the trustee in a between a rock and a hard place right. because now they have a duty under the law to follow the instructions of the parent mm -hmm. and to make the distribution in a fair way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we unfortunately have to advise the trustee mm -hmm. client that they really don't they don't have really a choice right. to just let things linger indefinitely right. right you know they really have a duty under the law to honor mom and dad's intention mm -hmm. and if if that requires having to go to court to get authorization to sell a property uh, we have to take that step but we try not to do that unless it's the the last uh, recourse right. available because in the end I mean it does come down to an expense of legal fees your fees court fees and you're only de you're dealing with you know maybe a house and some inheritance and that's you know, whittled away, right, in, in a prolonged dispute. Absolutely. Right. You can't underestimate the legal fees are involved, the mm -hmm. court costs, the delay, not to mention all the stress, you know, and the emo just the emotional stress and having right. to deal with that. Right. Well, Eric, when we come back, I want to hear about a strategy you would employ to try and help a client work through things without having to go too far in that legal process and how you do that with your expertise as an attorney. So we'll talk about that right after this commercial break. We'll be back with more Kupuna Wiki right after this. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors assists clients in buying and selling their homes by striving to create an easy and seamless transition. With multiple awards spanning most transactions of the year, client service award, and being in the top 100 realtors, Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with excellent service and care when making a major life decision. Over the years, their agents have greatly enjoyed serving each and every one of their clients as if they were family. Whether you're a first-time homeowner or a senior, they understand the challenges and complexities of the real estate process and want to help you every step of the way. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with the most information so you can make the best decision. Because as they like to say, real estate is about choice. Contact Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors today for a free in-person property valuation by calling 753-9033 or email them client service at choicehi.com. Welcome back to Kupuna Wiki on AM 690, The Answer. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, uh, we're speaking with Eric Young, attorney at law. And, uh, you know, Eric, right before uh, the break, um, you gave us a great intro of um, what it takes to, um, you know, plan, uh, well, go through the planning of, a, of the trust and, and what it takes to administer um, and going back, you know, I want to touch upon that, that scenario, going back to where, 
you know, you had a sibling that's a tr uh, trustee, but the other sibling is living, right, in the in the home. Um, now, obviously, uh, you know, you you state your intentions on who you're representing, but it, in most cases, um, it's likely that perhaps the other sibling is getting their own represent, representation, right? Right. Um, because they, you know, although you know you're trying to um, uh, uh, help help everyone and kind of minimize the um, uh, minimize, I guess, the tension, right? Um, how, how do you how do you often deal with uh, you know, if the other side does want to get their own representation, well, you know, I mean, obviously you guys are going to work together to kind of minimize, quote unquote, the damage, right, to, to what's happening. Oh, that's right. I mean, we uh, always encourage, um, you know, beneficiaries to get their own counsel. For example, if I'm representing the fiduciary, mm -hmm. we always welcome the addition of experienced trust counsel. Mm -hmm. You know, having an experienced attorney on the other side, um, basically telling the client uh, for their own benefit, you know, this is how the trust works and, and validating some of what we're saying uh, often can help the beneficiaries reach some kind of a resolution or at least an understanding of uh, the situation and the law right. as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the one of the ways we would try to resolve that situation that I talked about, you know, where the house is the major uh, asset mm -hmm. is it's very helpful if, you know, the parents' estate had other assets. Maybe there was another investment real property. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a large brokerage account or there's some life insurance that comes into the estate or the trust. And if there's some additional liquidity or there's other assets that can sort of offset the acquisition cost of the principal residence that's being occupied by the child, you know, that can reduce the... Uh, acquisition cost for the child that wants to get the property. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing we try to do is, you know, there are lenders out there that are willing to use the property as um, uh, the source of equity mm -hmm. for purposes of issuing a loan mm -hmm. to the to the child. It's, you know, you have to work with a lender mm -hmm. and they have to ensure that their child or that will go on title so they can put a mortgage on the property, but that can also be a creative way to generate liquidity mm -hmm. to resolve that kind of dispute. So in many ways, uh, your role as counselor is to try to find a practical solution. Absolutely. Right? And before we go to the courtroom, Absolutely. Let's, try to, let's work it out on paper, you know, two columns here, here, and let's try to make it fair for everybody. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Um, now, in that process, are there any other strategies that you would employ aside from trying to come up with a, you know, practical financial solution? Because um, it is hard to not put emotion into the equation. Right. right? It, you it you meditate. Like, <laughs> what yep. kind of things do you employ? <laughs> that, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, good question. You know, the other way that um, um, we can get. Uh, disputes resolved is we mm -hmm. talk to the other siblings right and we ask if the other siblings are willing to maybe in order to keep the property in the family maybe they're willing to do a little bit of a discount mm -hmm. you know and when you think about um, legitimate reasons to maybe do a discount mm -hmm. if a family agreement can be reached and there's no if, if you're going to sell a property there's right. going to be cost six or seven percent of cost mm -hmm. so it's not unreasonable to throw that there for family discussion mm -hmm. and hopefully the family members can come to an agreement right
Right. Well, I really like how you're very pragmatic in your approach. You know, I mean, that, that does, it's going to help to de-escalate the situation, you know, if anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And, um, you know, there's been different changes uh, within our world and uh, within the industry. And um, what things are you working on right now with a lot of your clients? Uh, are there any current events or tax situations that have caused you to move things or to work on more things more frequently as a result of that? Yeah, you know, there's been a major sea change in estate planning. Mm -hmm. It's not super new, but I'd say that the focus of estate planning over the last, you know, for the last maybe 10 years roughly has really changed. The f you know, I've been doing this for almost 30 years, so the first 20 years of my practice mm -hmm. was trying to minimize what we call estate taxes, you know, the taxes that take effect at death. And for you know, basically two major reasons, we've really f changed our emphasis for the vast majority of our clients trying to minimize capital gains taxes. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, and the, you know, so what, what has happened basically is that the estate, one of the things that has happened is that mm -hmm. the estate tax exemptions have really increased. Right. Right. So when I first started practicing law in the late 90s, the exemption was 600,000. That's it. Right. That's like that's not even the that's like a, the median price of a condo in Hawaii. Yeah, right? right. And then for, you know, for 20 years, it, it, it only went up to a million. But here we are in 2022 when the exemption from the federal estate tax this year is twelve million sixty thousand dollars and it's you know it's per person. So if you're a married couple, you can double up on that exclusion amount. Mm -hmm. Now, caveat, that's only good until 2026. So in 2026, that exclusion is scheduled to revert back to you know, roughly $5.5 million. Per person. Per person, per spouse. Okay. So that's one of the major things that has changed. The other thing that's changed is something called portability. Mm -hmm. And this is a tax law change that allows a surviving spouse to claim the unused estate tax exclusion of the deceased spouse. Hmm. Okay? So you could never do that before something called portability. And the way you claim the deceased spouse's unused ex uh, exclusion amount is you file an estate tax return. But let's say we're in 2026 and one spouse dies and that's the combined net wealth net worth is maybe five million dollars or so, and the surviving spouse says, "You know what? I could make use of the deceased spouse's unused uh, exclusion of five and a half million." Mm -hmm. Well, if the surviving spouse files an estate tax return, he or she can add the deceased spouse's exemption amount to her own or mm -hmm. his own, and have basically eleven million in exclusion. So. All of that really leads to very few, you know, Hawaii families mm -hmm. ever having to experience estate tax. Um, and for that reason, what we're doing is we've really switched focus. Mm -hmm. We are trying to uh, make sure that we minimize capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with something called step up in tax basis. Mm -hmm. Right. So... Um, you know, when, when a person dies, uh, all of the appreciation 
of their assets, whether it's real estate or liquid assets, mm -hmm. it receives a new tax basis, an adjusted tax basis, mm -hmm. equal to the value of the property as of the person's date of death. So we call that informally a step up mm -hmm. in tax basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, that occurs, you know, for example, in the death of the first spouse with respect to the first spouse's assets. Mm -hmm. And if the surviving spouse has to sell, at least that half of the asset has had all of its capital gain eliminated or stepped up. Mm -hmm. Well, what we're trying to do now for the children is make sure that all of the for, you know all the marital assets, all the parents' assets, will receive a step up in basis. Mm -hmm. And basically, the simplest way to do that is to ensure that the surviving parent basically owns or controls all of the property. Right. Mm -hmm. And the simplest way to do that is to you know to have the surviving spouse own all the property. Mm -hmm. um, the other issue we want to solve for is we want to avoid probate if we can. Mm -hmm. So that often means that that surviving spouse has a revocable trust that leaves everything to the children if they're adults. Mm -hmm. But if the surviving spouse uh, has and owns all of the marital assets, then all of those assets will receive a step up in basis. Mm -hmm. So in terms of that planning, um, I don't know what the technical term would be, but let's say the first spouse that passes has a trust and you're going to design a spillover of all of their assets in this, into the surviving spouse's trust. Is that kind of the concept? That is the concept, okay. exactly. Okay. You've described it perfectly. Um, you know, if, the, if a married couple had done their estate plan, you know, over 10 years ago, mm -hmm. it would have been routine for the trust of the first spouse to die to instead create an irrevocable trust. Mm -hmm. we, you know, they can be called many different things. They can be called a family trust. They can be called a residuary trust or a bypass trust. Mm -hmm. But they were irrevocable. Right. And the issue with the irrevocable trust is that the uh, IRS does not deem that trust to be owned by the surviving spouse. Mm. And that was intentionally done because at that time we did not have portability. Right. Mm -hmm. So, although that minimized estate tax, the issue is that when the surviving spouse dies, the assets that are in that irrevocable family trust or residuary trust mm -hmm. do not receive that second step up in tax basis right. when the surviving spouse dies. Right. So, you're absolutely right. The modern, so the trend for most folks mm -hmm. is not to create that irrevocable trust. Mm -hmm. The simplest thing to do is simply to pour all of the deceased spouse's trust assets to the surviving spouse's trust assets. Now, a, tr a trust. Is there such a thing as that being written in to the trust in advance so that when that first spouse does pass, it automatically happens? Or do they have to, in a sense, manually go, go to see uh, Eric and say, hey, can we you know, transfer all of his assets and his trust and my trust. Like, how does that work? It, good question. Yeah. So legally, the um, the trusts are written mm -hmm. such that upon the death of the first spouse, and of course after the payment of all debts and taxes and expenses, the net balance of the trust will be distributed entirely mm -hmm. to the surviving spouse's trust. Now, it's pretty easy for the surviving spouse to himself or herself move the liquid assets over. Right. But if there's like a half interest in real estate, we can help. And you know, we, okay. we just we just do a simple deed 
and we transfer that half interest in property. Right. You know, I'm 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 listening here, and and you know, I'm I'm thinking. So, my understanding is you're, you're talking about there's two separate trusts, right? One for husband, one for wife. That's right? right. But you know, in some cases, maybe husband and wife decide to put a trust together. Yes. You know, so it's husband wife trust, right? Yes. How does that work? I mean, is that some I guess the, along those same lines? Yes. Yeah, so what you're describing is, you know, for uh, the term might be a joint revocable trust. Right. You know, his and her revocable trust. And um, they basically can be written so that they operate in exactly the same way as separate revocable trusts. Mm, okay. um, this is just an observation. You know, Hawaii is a separate property state. And so it's been my experience to mostly use separate revocable trusts for a husband and wife. But that being said, joint revocable trusts are uh, can be written to accomplish the very same thing. Mm. Um, when we have clients move from California, for example, which is a community property state, okay. and we find that they routinely have had a joint trust because mm -hmm. of the community property laws in California. Uh, and that's fine. We can amend those. We can restate them and make them compliant with Hawaii law. But uh, j just it's just been my experience that uh, separate revocable trusts are more common mm -hmm. uh, than joint revocable trusts. Just I think just because we're a separate property state. Is it easier or maybe less costly to just have one or having two is... You know, it's just the same. I mean, they're both comparable, is, is what you're saying. I think they're both basically comparable. Yeah. Yeah. They're both, they both can accomplish the exact same thing. Right, right. So I, I take it in your um, class that you're a, a lecturer for, you're going over all these things with your students, and they must be mind blown by all the different changes and the ways that the industry has <laughs> to adapt to these changes, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, 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 sometimes they're glassy-eyed because oh. <laughs> of s there's so many concepts right. to uh, for them to absorb in a relatively short period of time. But um, they're very eager. They absorb the information like sponges. Um, you know, the students we've had at the law school have been wonderful. Well, I'm sure they're... Uh they're very motivated or they wouldn't be there. Right. <laughs> well, we've been speaking with uh, Eric Young. Uh, he's an attorney at law, and he does practice estate planning as well as uh, trust litigation. And, Eric, it's been wonderful speaking with you. You're a wealth of knowledge, and thank you so much for being on our show. And if somebody wanted to reach out to you um, for your services, how can they do that? Uh, they can give me a call at the office. Mm -hmm. My direct line is 808-427-1406 or they can check out the website at www.ericyounglaw.com. Awesome. Again, Eric Young, attorney at law. Thank you so much for being on our show. It's been my honor. Coming up next, we have our Kupuna Wiki Classic Trivia. We'll be back with more Kupuna Wiki right after this. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors assists clients in buying and selling their homes by striving to create an easy and seamless transition. With multiple awards spanning most transactions of the year, client service award, and being in the top 100 realtors, Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with excellent service and care when making a major life decision. Over the years, their agents have greatly enjoyed serving each and every one of their clients as if they were family. 
Whether you're a first-time homeowner or a senior, they understand the challenges and complexities of the real estate process and want to help you every step of the way. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with the most information so you can make the best decision. Because as they like to say, real estate is about choice. Contact Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors today for a free in-person property valuation by calling 753-9033 or email them client service at choicehi.com. Welcome back to Kupuna Wiki on AM 690, The Answer. Thank you to all the participants in last week's Kupuna Wiki trivia contest. And the trivia question was, Hawaii is one of only two U.S. states that do not observe what? The answer is daylight savings time. And now this week's Kupuna Wiki trivia question is sponsored by Eric Young, Attorney at Law. Hawaii is the only state that grows what type of beans? For a chance to win a Long's gift card, be the first person to call us with the correct answer at 808-792-5188. And we hope everyone is staying safe during this time. And remember, if you want to hear past episodes of the Kupuna Wiki radio show, please go to our website, kupunawiki.com, or call us at 808-792-5188. Again, we'd like to thank this segment's sponsor, Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors, providing you with the best real estate information so you can make the most informed decisions. As they like to say, real estate is about choice. To contact them, call 808-753-9033. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Kupuna Wiki Radio Show, Hawaii's senior resource. We strive to make sure our seniors are informed and supported every step of the way. Again, I'm Brandon. I'm Andrew. And we'll see you back next time on the Kupuna Wiki Radio Show. You've been listening to the Kupuna Wiki radio program. If you'd like more information about today's topics, please call us at 792-5188. That's 792-5188. Or visit us online at kupunawiki.com. Until next time, aloha. The preceding program was sponsored by Kupuna Wiki, Hawaii's senior resource.